0: Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Funk. I'm super interested uh, by today's topic. And today's topic was really inspired by the fact that I talk to a lot of coaches who want to do what I do in the functional side of things with online coaching, but they're not quite sure how to start, where to start. Um, And so I wanted to kind of walk people through my take on getting into the functional space, when you should maybe pursue education and when you should maybe contract out to get additional support and uh, just considerations that I think that people need to make before they get into sort of this side of the industry, right? Um, now, I will just say it, some of this is going to kind of also parallel teaching. So one thing that I was told by a mentor of mine before I went into music education was, That in order to be a good music teacher, you had to not only love music, but you also had to love teaching. And I thought that was actually a really very wise thing to say. And it really made me consider, you know, before I went into public education, uh, which was my first career. do I love teaching? And as it turns out, i I do love teaching as it when it came to the kids. I did love teaching when it came to the kids. What I didn't love about public education was the bureaucracy, the lack of support, the politics um, involved on the back, and that made doing the teaching extremely, extremely difficult. And then inevitably, you know, it was a sad, sad story of I was a music teacher leaving the first year epidemic going into sort of summer 2021 i knew that my job was not going to be there for fall of 2021 because of the dynamics within our district uh and there's a whole really kind of sordid tale in, in that respect of how i was treated within the district and i just sort of knew the writing was on the wall and i made the conscious choice to leave um however i did not enter the space of online coaching as a functional coach and So people oftentimes ask me, you know, why did you decide to go down this route? And the story is very personal, but I'm going to say something similar to anybody who's considering going into the functional side of things uh, as sort of, you know, not even just dipping their toe in, but they really want to go full send into it, is that you have to love functional nutrition and functional strategies. And you have to love that stuff as much as you love being a coach, um, because it's a very different flavor of coaching. You know, it's, it's not the 90 transformation. It's not, let me teach you how to track your macros. It's, it's the, I'm going to teach you how to meal prep. I'm going to teach you about basic nutrition. I'm going to teach you how to exercise. I'm going to teach you about progressive overload. I'm going to assess your form videos and correct your form, but I'm also going to try to teach you how to, unfuck your digestive system and help re, you know reset your essentially body back to homeostasis get your systems functioning optimally and then teach you how to maintain that and that is a much harder story than just getting somebody to lose some weight because anybody can put anybody into a calorie deficit and people will lose weight most of the time if they're in a calorie deficit um, at least the first few times that they do it, right? And well, you know the whole concept of metabolism, chronic dieting and how that impacts people. If you're a coach and you're listening to this, you know the drill, but it inevitably becomes where you have to go beyond setting somebody's macros. You have to go beyond putting them to a calorie deficit. It has to go beyond just teaching them how to meal prep. You actually have to teach them about why certain foods, why certain choices, why certain pieces of their lifestyle are impacting the different systems of their body. And so you know, one thing I tell people, before you decide to be a functional coach, you have to know that you wanna go beyond what you're already doing. And you have to love living there. And you might not know that you don't love living there until you've done it, which is kind of sort of a catch-22. Just like when I was teaching in education, I didn't know I wasn't gonna love being a teacher. Well, I loved the teaching part of teaching, but I didn't love the career as a whole. Um, I didn't know I wasn't gonna love it until I got into it. And I feel like that's kind of the case with a lot of things, but it does give you kind of food for thought. So, sort of my journey to being a coach, um, specifically in this space, is rooted in my own journey with chronic illness and autoimmune disease. Um, I struggled with chronic illness for the majority of my life. Um, It took me about 14 years to get an endometriosis diagnosis, and it took me about seven years to get a a thyroid autoimmune diagnosis. I initially went to the doctor and started having thyroid issues in my early 20s, and I didn't get diagnosed until my late 20s, until I think I was like 26 or 27 years old. Um, So it was six, seven years to get a thyroid diagnosis and like 14 years to get an endometriosis diagnosis. And once I had those diagnoses, it made managing my health a lot easier because I knew what to start researching and I knew how to assess the things that I was doing and what symptoms to kind of watch for. And I didn't want Other people to go through the same, and I had already been, you know, sort of involved in the fitness industry, dabbling in bodybuilding. I would work, was working for another coach for a long time, sort of in their business, pretty consistently on multiple levels. Um, And I knew that there was a space for this type of coaching, and I knew there was also a need for people like me because I needed me when I was 21, 22 years old, and even 26, 27 years old. I needed somebody like me who could look at me and say. Cool. This is what I'm noticing between your cycle health, between your thyroid biofeedback, between your energy levels. And this is what you're doing. Where it's like, I went through years of just trial and error and throwing shit at the walls and trying to get doctors to pull lab work that they wouldn't pull and not be able to get the answers. And I wanted the people that I work with to be able to get the answers. And so to kind of put it now into the context of what I do now, I do the nutrition side of coaching. I make sure that people understand how to meal plan, how to balance a plate, how to determine you know, whether their hunger cues are accurate or if it's a sign of dysfunction. Um, I teach people how they can best manage their digestive health. What are the triggers that they might need to avoid? How to introduce foods back into their Diet, again, diet here not being something they're doing to lose weight. Diet just being what is the array of food that they're consuming on a daily basis. And not only that, but teaching them how to move their bodies, that they can be strong, that they do need to lift weights, how to successfully pair lifting weights with cardiovascular um, workouts so that, you know, doing cardio so that way they can not only see the strength gains and start to see the muscle gains and potentially losing body fat if that is part of their goals, um, but also just support their general overall health and longevity, right? It's not just about, hey, how much weight can you lose in the next three months? It's like, hey, how healthy can you be? over the next six to nine months, how does that translate into, okay, you have a fat loss goal. How do we do that without compromising all the health that you just regained so that you not only feel amazing, but you feel like you look the way that you feel. Right. Um, There's that sort of dichotomy too. And there's some people that don't really have physique goals and that's totally fine because at the end of the day, um, weight loss and fat loss is not a health strategy and I'm more focused on people's health, but also being able to help people achieve fat loss and physique goals without compromising their health, especially after we've worked really hard to regain their health. Like I've, I've posted several um, sort of client transformations here. It's December, um, within the last couple of weeks, it's the beginning of December right now, within the last couple of weeks where I talk about a client who was dealing with fertility treatments and we recovered a lot of her digestion. She was having a lot of chronic bloating and constipation. We had to go through and I was able to identify various sort of dysregulations within her digestive system, low stomach acid, low enzymes, dysbiosis. um, uh, You know, and again, I'm not a doctor, but I'm looking at what somebody is telling me and what these trends are pointing to most likely. And then we're using nutrition and lifestyle changes and occasionally supplementation to help, overcome those hurdles. And now she's been able to lose 15 pounds and counting, even while having gone through fertility treatments for the majority of 2023. Right. And that's just one example. Um, you can go check out my Instagram if you want to see a couple more examples of different client journeys. Um, so anyway, but we're taking it one step further than just, nutrition exercise mindset around food oh my god and the mindset drama that we have to overcome with food because a lot of these individuals are coming from a disordered eating past or they were like full send into diet culture and they've just had enough and they don't know that they can eat a cookie and it not be bad they know how to balance that into their day but again that's just scratching the surface that's just scratching the surface but they have other things going on what i like to say under the hood right where their thyroid might be low functioning. They might be having some estrogen dominance. They might be dealing with some negative biofeedback due to being on birth control for a long time, basically. Uh, They might be wanting to get off of birth control. Maybe they've come off of birth control and a lot of their biofeedback, their biofeedback, and that's a word I'm going to say a lot is, uh, and that's a pretty common word that coaches in the space use. Their biofeedback is the set of physical experiences that somebody has on a day-to-day basis related to their cycle health, their digestion, their brain fog, their energy levels, um, things like that, their recovery, their sleep quality, their stress levels. That's all biofeedback. And we have to look at all of that in addition to how many calories you're eating and burning on a daily basis (laughs) and put it all together. And so you have to love looking essentially at these puzzles, before you decide, yes, I'm gonna dive into functional coaching, okay? So now, uh, things that you can start doing to start learning without necessarily having to go pay for a certification, because let's be real, certifications are not inexpensive these days. Um, You know, you're gonna be spending anywhere from $8,000 to sometimes 20 to $30,000, depending on what program you're gonna be exploring. Um, And one thing that I initially did when I started coaching and, and, it was to get a basic hormone specialist certification. And really that sounds a lot like fancier than it is, but it was actually a really great learning opportunity. I did it through the nutrition coaching Institute. I do believe they still offer it. Um, I did it several years ago, so I'm not gonna be able to say like, yes, I paid this much money and this is how much you're gonna pay to do it now. So go look into that if you're curious. I loved it because it was just a very basic Here's what you need to know about the primary, secondary hormones, the different biofeedback that associates with the different imbalances, what to assess for on lab work, what to ask for on lab work, and how to start pairing that together with what your clients are doing and what are the lifestyle and nutrition implications that you could make that help impact somebody's experience if they're showing... Biofeedback or serum labs indicative of low this or low that or elevated this that or the other, right? Um, and that was a really great resource for me to do. And so my personal journey was I obviously got my certified personal training and certified nutrition coach um as like I feel every online coach should have that. If you're doing online coaching and you don't have a basic understanding of personal training, how to structure programming, basic nutrition, which I mean, I'll be honest. The nutrition certifications are not that fantastic, but I absolutely loved my personal training certification. I don't know if, if you know I just did the wrong nutrition certification, but it was not my favorite. I did additional nutrition certifications after I did mine because I didn't really like it. I thought it was kind of underwhelming, if if you will. Um, but it had a lot of good information in it. I did mine through ISSA. I loved my personal training certification, though it was awesome. Um, but anyway, not to talk too much smack. But I did that and then I immediately did my hormone special certification after that because I knew going into coaching and launching my business that I wanted to be a go-to person who could help people like me. I wanted to have the skill set and the knowledge to best support individuals who struggled with chronically subclinical hypothyroid even if it's not autoimmune disease like they just constantly have low thyroid and it's just compounding and compounding and compounding over the years or maybe they are dealing with low testosterone and women dealing with low testosterone is actually a lot more common than I think people realize too. I work primarily with women and dealing with low testosterone is something that I see quite a bit, especially if people have been on hormonal birth control for a long, long time, or if you have somebody that's coming in, that's chronically stressed, um, their sex hormones are going to be very much compromised at that point in time. If you're interested in learning more about specifically birth control and how it impacts the different hormone pathways and what it actually does to the body, scroll back a few episodes. I've done several podcasts on birth Birth control specifically and how the body interacts with it and what to kind of expect and be wary of, especially with post-birth control syndrome. Anyway, so I did my hormone specialist certification course and that was really, really beneficial. I loved it. I thought it was great. It took all this information that I had uh, that I sort of got sort of the, th- through the school of hard knocks, just learning, researching, and reading as much information as I could possibly get from the internet <laughs> while I was going through my diagnosis and trying to recover my health for both my endometriosis as well as my autoimmune disease, um, and really sort of leveled up my knowledge. And then at that point, I was able to help my clients assess what's going on with their lab work, help them better advocate for themselves and say, Hey, I know why your doctor is telling you this, but this is actually something we're seeing. And this lines up with what you're feeling. And so we're not going to diagnose you with anything, but I would like to try these interventions from a nutrition and supplementation standpoint when it's appropriate to help move the needle in this area specifically, because I think if we correct this, i.e. the hormone imbalance, through the lifestyle pieces that you're currently not doing, then we'll see a lot of progress towards X goal that you have. And that was really beneficial. Now, um, from there, I just kept reading and learning and inhaling books. Um, some of my favorite books that I love are, oh God, I have to turn back to my shelf. I love Estrogeneration. I wrote all the books by Lisa VT. I love, this is your brain on birth control. Um, I, there's a book called your pelvic floor by Kim Vopney, which I've read. I've also done my perinatal certification, which is really nice because I work again, primarily with women. And that was really beneficial. Um, I also love the, uh, Dr. Terry walls, the walls protocol. I don't whip that out a lot, but if I have, um, a client who's having a lot of issues and we have a lot of autoimmune present uh, autoimmunity present or a lot of chronic stress present, especially it's, I've seen it be very beneficial in the case of, uh, digestive autoimmune disease, like, uh, diverticulitis, Crohn's disease. Uh, it can be very beneficial for those individuals, which is really nice. Just start reading, just start reading, go to your Barnes and Noble, find a couple books on topics that you're interested in and start consuming the information. Um, other, uh, sources is the Sam Miller podcast. Um, he's the owner of FNMS. He's the founder of FNMS and functional nutrition and metabolic specialization, which I've also done that, which is a wonderful program. Um, I love that program because it's very much aligned with my values as a coach of, we're going to leverage everything we possibly can from a lifestyle standpoint. Um, and then go from there, right? Because again, we're coaches. We're not medical professionals. We're here to help people optimize their lifestyle as much as possible. In a way that's going to help them benefit their hormone balance and improve their quality of life and their longevity and help them get maybe even sometimes the physical results that they're getting. So all too often I talk on talk with somebody that's now in their maybe mid for mid thirties to maybe early forties and they're like, yeah, I was like in fairly well shape for a long long time and then all of a sudden I hit like my late twenties and early thirties and I just started gaining weight around the middle and like you know. My family has had like a history of low thyroid and they just don't know where to go from there. Right. It's very common story or somebody who's in their mid to late twenties or even early thirties. And maybe they have struggles with fertility, but they have a long, long history being on hormonal birth control, being able to have the knowledge to go through and help somebody optimize the way that their body is functioning and producing hormones endogenously in a way that's healthy and appropriate. I mean, I I have a client who she just had her little boy like a couple months ago because we were able to identify those underlying imbalances, adjust her lifestyle nutrition appropriately and helped play a role in her conceiving her child. Like that's, that's like in my head, that's like way bigger than somebody losing 30 pounds and, you know. 90 days or whatever, something crazy like that, right? <laughs> because we always see these insane transformations and we always look at those transformations and wow, that person looks so much different, but you can't base everything just on how somebody is looking. You have to really go off of how they're feeling. Um, so those are some places that I like. So if you want to start doing something um, that's Th- that will just give you kind of the basics. Again, I really love the NCI Hormone Specialist nutri- Nutrition Certification. Or you can go full send into something like FNMS or Metabolic Mentor University, which is going to be a much more expensive and longer program as well. Um, that's put on by Vince Pitstick, who is really well known in the functional space. Um, but you have to decide for yourself as a coach. One, what are the resources and the time that I'm willing to put into my further education to become more well versed in functional? Now, I'm going to just put this out there right now. You can absolutely learn more and implement about functional nutrition without branding yourself as a functional coach. And that's actually sort of a struggle that like I've been having myself because I felt like, like what else am I besides a functional coach? Like that's really what I am. But the name is kind of sort of been blown to bits. Thanks to social media. It's like, it's lost all meaning at this point. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I'm just going to focus on what I know people need help with and am I, you know, and how I brand myself and things like that. And and what I put on my Instagram bio is, is neither here nor there because at the end of the day, it's the impact that matters, right? It's that, how am I able to change people's lives? And what is my focus going to be in that? And so that's really, really nice. Um, If you're focusing on the people and not just like what the certifications look like, then you're going to have, you know, a much better experience. So don't be surprised if you see the word functional drop off my page, because again, I don't think it means a whole lot to anybody who's not in the space. And I want to make sure that the people who come to my page can find the information that they want and that they feel welcome and that they don't feel overwhelmed because, This is overwhelming. There's a lot of information. It's like drinking through a fire hose, right? We're dealing with people who have autoimmune disease, thyroid autoimmune disease, digestive autoimmune disease, um, chronic illnesses, PCOS, endometriosis, adenomyosis, things like that. That are just they they feel so big, but it's not so big once you start to learn how to take a step back. Anyway, I digress. Um, Which (laughs) so before you consider what you're going to do next with your education as a coach, you have to consider one. What do you want to do as far as investing in your uh, education? Uh, You have to decide what resources you're willing to invest into your education because if you're going for like another certification or two, you're likely to spend anywhere from eight to $10,000, maybe more, for this type of specialization, right? To sort of really learn and dive deep on this type of knowledge. Um, And that's between, I think, you know, any of the programs. I'm just kind of thinking like total, like what things have kind of cost. You're going to be looking at maybe a range of that. And so are do you have the cash flow to pay for that? Or do you have the f- ability to finance it and then pay it off? Um, you have to kind of decide what you're willing to invest in as a coach. And now some people might argue, well, if I get another certification, I can get more clients. And it's like, it doesn't quite work that way. More certifications don't necessarily mean more clients. And believe it or not, my clients care very little about what certifications that I hold. The certifications are just a piece of paper, in my opinion, in a lot of cases, because so much of the industry is unregulated. (laughs) Like, let's just be real. You technically don't need any certifications to launch a business as an online fitness coach, um, which is really dangerous and really scary. But I've not had, in the last year, I've had maybe two people that have inquired about coaching that specifically asked what certifications I hold as a coach which is a little bit alarming from like a consumer standpoint. Like you want to know that the person that you're going to be working with has some kind of knowledge and background that's valid, that you can sort of trace back to these, you know, certifying bodies. Um, However, that's not the case. Your clients don't care about it. And so it's funny because I'll see a lot of times, you know, coaches, they put in their bio, all these letters of all these certifications that they have. And it's like, people don't actually care about that as much as you think. That's more for you than it is for anybody else. It's like the ego boost, right? Cool, you've got a bunch of certifications. Awesome, I do too. Like, it. It. what, do, what matters is what you do with that information and how you leverage it with your marketing. One, so that way you're telling people, hey, this is a skill set that I know how to do, and this is how I can change your life. But also, two, actually using it to change people's lives. So you kind of have to decide, is it worth it for me to get another certification? I would say the first step for most people who are curious about dipping their toes into this side of the fitness coaching space is to start consuming podcasts, books, and just literature. Um, one thing that I do in my own education right now, I'm not pursuing any other certifications at this moment. I'm sort of done. I, I 2023 was sort of the year where I was like, okay, I'm not doing any more certifications. I'm just going to really work on refining my practice, work on furthering my own research and my own education in... Other ways. And one thing that I actually do is I spend like about three hours a week in cohorts talking about this topics, various topics within the coaching space. Um, And I also read medical studies. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds so exciting. But what I do is I, as I'm going through and I'm talking to people and I'm seeing these things, I'll start researching and gathering studies, informations, articles, and I kind of compile it all. And then I'll just kind of like read through and take notes. And here's the thing that you have to understand is that just because you have the information doesn't necessarily mean it's applicable. So you always have to kind of read it through like with a grain of salt, like when you're reading, especially any kind of like online article or research information, you have to kind of see what type of study it does, how long ago it was, um, what type of, uh, you know, control groups that they had in place. Nutrition studies specifically are really tough because it's very hard to like control that type of thing, but you can sort of gain insight into, Hmm, this strategy might be applicable in this situation and I might try implementing this from a coaching perspective and see how it goes because logically I know that X causes Y, right? It, it could be, it could be anything. So it's like, you could have all the information. It's the same thing. What well, like I say? I say read books. Um, oh, there's uh, two other books that I have. I have them on ebook, but I don't have them on, um, uh, I don't have them on my shelf. I have them on ebook, so I'm going to look them up or two. There's the Isabella Wentz Hashim- Hashimoto's lifestyle for interventions for finding and treating the root cause by Isabella Wentz, um, and then another one that specifically um, the mind gut connection: how hidden conversation within our bodies impacts our mood or choices or overall health, and that is by Emron Meyer. And so those are some of my like top, in addition to the ones I mentioned earlier, sort of like my top books. Um, I will make sure to leave links to those books below in the show notes for those coaches that are interested in, in looking at those books. But again, you have to read through this information and look at it and go, Okay, I can't take this at face value, but start to think about in what context things would be appropriate. So for example, there's a book that I'm reading right now called How to Keep a House While Drowning. And you're like, Elena, what does that have to do with nutrition? Um, And I'm reading through it because I struggle with ADHD personally, and I have a lot of clients who struggle with ADHD. Again, one of the trends that I've really noticed as a coach is the amount of correlation there is between chronic illness and ADHD. (laughs) which doesn't surprise me because a lot of these individuals are individuals who maybe went undiagnosed and untreated for the majority of their lives. And so they've been in this constant state of fight or flight for the majority of their lives. And now they're struggling with a chronic illness. Like it absolutely adds up in my brain. There's no research on it, but it's definitely evidence that I've gathered from coaching well over a hundred people over the last couple of years of, okay, this is what's happening. <laughs> like I can very much clearly see This is the trend I need to find new strategies, how to coach through this. Because even though, again, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counselor, I can always help provide insight and provide resources to my clients, and it could impact how I maybe structure certain behaviors and habits that I coach my clients through, especially when it comes to personal care, like feeding themselves, like exercising, right? Um, and so one thing that I'm doing is I'm reading through this book, and I'm very f- fond of taking handwritten notes. I like to take handwritten notes, and then I'll like scan them into my computer so I have them digitally as well, just because I want to make sure I save them. Um, but I will read through kind of a chapter. And as I'm reading, I'm not necessarily taking down the information verbatim. But what I'm doing is I'm seeing a piece of information that goes, huh, interesting. And then I turn it into a question how can I relate this back to, and then I maybe insert a specific client struggle that I faced that I maybe struggled to coach through because I wasn't quite sure how to deal with it. Um, And so what I do, what is I'm reading is I'm, I, I am highlighting and kind of pulling out the nuggets, right? Of, oh, this is a big idea that I want to kind of dig more into and come back to later. And if you see my books that are sort of my, like, I call it my, Um, my research pile. It's on its own separate bookshelf in my office. All of these books have like page flags and things that have been highlighted in them because like I'll sit there and I'll read through and I'll sort of reference back to them um, on different situations because I'm not going to remember everything that I ever read or learn, right? I'm always referencing back to the notes and things that I've taken over the years. Um, But I'm looking at this information and I'm going, hmm, how could this apply in this specific scenario, that I maybe dealt with with the client? Or how could I see this playing out if I had a client who struggles with this? And I sort of ask myself that question and I make myself sort of work through it. And that is how you think about applying the information that you're reading. So again, if you're interested in going down the road of kind of functional, I would start by just consuming books and free content, podcasts, things like that without having to spend, you know, any potentially five figures or multiple tens of thousands of dollars on another certification. Okay. The other opportunity that I recommend that people take when they have is find a mentor for a year. Okay. And shameless plug, I, I do this. I don't mentor people in the fact that, hey, I'm going to certify you, but I do what's called ghost coaching, where I have clients that they have these client scenarios that are like really tough. And they're like, I, I maxed out my own knowledge of how to get through this. And I can tell that they're having some sort of higher level issues, but I don't know how to coach through this effectively. And what ended up happening, the reason I do this now is because what ended up happening was for about a year, I was having a lot of colleagues send clients to me. They were sending me their client inquiries that they're like, I don't know how to deal with this. Go talk to Elena. And they would come and work with me. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, okay, this is really amazing. I love being a person that my colleagues can confidently refer people to me when they come across a more advanced sort of client situation. But in my head, I'm thinking, wouldn't it be much more valuable for you to build a basic skill set? and have a better understanding of this cuz they these are individuals who are maybe not necessarily going to like go full send into functional. They don't really want to do another certification. They don't have the time, they don't have the bandwidth and they want to keep their client roster the way that it is. They want to keep focusing on the you know, ideal client that they are serving and that might not be the person with got health issues, but inevitably somebody comes into their door, they come into their coaching program, lo and behold two, three months in, it comes out from this individual that, Hey, I'm having a lot of chronic bloating and I'm only pooping once a week. And they're like, that might explain why you're not seeing any progress. <laughs> or all of a sudden this client is like, yeah, I just, I maybe like, I, I like don't sleep that frequently or like, I'm, I'm only getting like four or five hours of sleep a night. And it's because I maybe can't. And this coach is just like, we'll just get more sleep. How do you tell that person to get more sleep? You have to have strategies to coach through this. So I will help that coach develop their essentially coaching protocol for that specific client on sort of like an ongoing basis because a lot of what happens in functional is a lot of hurry up and wait. Hey, let me implement these two or three strategies with my client for the next week or two, sometimes three or four, and then come back, reassess this two, three, four weeks of data, To decide, yes, this is a path and it's still working. Let's keep going. And then there's the flip side of the coin of because so much of what I do with people is like hurry up and wait, there's a nuance of telling people, hey, you're still making progress even though you may not be seeing it happen on the scale. Because let's face it, people equate working with a fitness coach and progress with a fitness coach as the scale moving. But that doesn't happen for a lot of people right away. I have a lot of clients who they didn't start their fat loss journeys until they've gotten six, seven, eight months in with me because it took us six, seven, eight, nine months just to go through the process of assessing, correcting, letting their bodies come back to balance. Okay, balance being that homeostasis of their systems are sort of now running on all functions, starting to reverse their food up, get their training intensity to where they want it to be. And then they go, you know, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really great. I think I'm ready to pursue a calorie deficit. And it's like, okay, full set, let's go. And now we can do that in a way that's not going to compromise all the work that we did the months prior, which you might say to me, Elena, six, seven, eight, nine months is like a long time to get somebody progress. And it's like, true there's people out there that are marketing that they can heal somebody's bloated issues, inflammation, blah, 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 within four months or less. And I've seen those programs and they're extremely, one, extremely expensive, not just from a coaching perspective. They're they're charging like twice what I'm charging. That's not to say that they can't charge like twice what I charge for coaching, um, especially because what I do is sort of specialized, but they're asking their clients also to spend – Almost half that again on supplements on a monthly basis. And that's not something that a lot of people can do. A lot of people can't fork out, you know, let me pay for a coach and let, let me also fork out an additional three, four hundred dollars or more in some situations. I've seen it happen, or more for supplementation. And to be completely honest, that's really bad for just client retention and client morale. Okay, so you got this person, you gave them a ton of supplements, they've done something for maybe 90 days, they've seen a lot of progress, but they have to have a way to come out of that to be able to maintain that progress. And some people can push for a little while, and I always tell them, hey, I have some scenarios where we have to sort of do some really specific strategies that are maybe not the most flexible. They require a level of planning and a level of restraint that you have to prepare the client for and tell them, hey, we're going to do this for X amount of time. And then we're going to start to come out of this. So I just want you to know like this might be really hard for like two, three, four weeks or maybe six to eight weeks. And then we're going to start to come out of it slowly. We're not going to go right back to what we were doing before, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and I'm here for you every step of the way. And you can bitch about it as much as you want but you're going to feel better for doing it. And I'm here to go along that journey with you. And that's a lot of times what happens where it takes sometimes a little bit more time to get those changes because you also have to think about what is a client realistically going to adhere to? We know as coaches that going the all or nothing route when implementing changes into a client's lifestyle rarely pays off in the long term. They fizzle, they burn out, they stop talking to you and then they quit. And then where are you? So, you know, can you get somebody results in 90 days? Absolutely. Are they going to keep those results? Hmm. Debatable. You know, some people can handle it, but that's a much smaller population than people realize. And again, we're only seeing the highlight reels from those maybe other programs and protocols where they're like, you're going to get rid of all of this inflammation and blah, blah, blah over the course of three months. But then there is the other thing of, did that client even learn why what they're doing is working. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Probably not. I wouldn't think that they would. Um, they're just sort of going along for the ride and they don't really have an understanding of what is happening and how to maintain it when they're done. Again, it's the same thing as doing a crash diet, except for this is like crash functional. (laughs) It's a hot mess express. I never see it end well. Um, anyway, um, and I've talked to people that have done those programs and they maybe talk to me and then talk to these other people because it was maybe bigger or better or what have you. And then I talked to them six months later and they're still in the same spot that they were before. And it's like, cool, doing that like really hard, like three, four month program that costs you thousands of dollars didn't pay off the way that you wanted to because you wanted results now. So what I do when I'm working with the coaches that I'm ghost coaching is I'm not only telling them, hey, this is what we're gonna do with this client and this is why. These are considerations and questions that we have to ask, but I start talking about um, you know, this is what we have to tell your client so that they buy into the process. And it's not sexy. <laughs> it's not sexy. And I realize that it's not, and some people are very receptive to that conversation and some people are not. The magic happens in the mundane. It happens in the boring, and it happens in the long game. And success inevitably comes if you refine the process, you will get the outcome that you want. Um, But again, we are never taught how to do that. We don't know how to have those conversations. And what we'll do too is, if for some reason we have a client that does want to go through their doctor, we have a client. Like I, I, I consider my clients' clients also kind of my clients because I'm very invested. Like some of them, I'm just like I'm like checking up on them. I'm like, hey, how's so and so doing this week? Like I really want to know what's going on with them. <laughs> like, and they'll they'll update me because um, my my ghost coaches I'm the ghost coach, but my, my clients that do the ghost coaching, they have a uh, Monday through Friday box or access to me. Sometimes they will be like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> like, how's this happening with this individual? And uh, what we'll do it, uh, what we'll do is also I talk my coaches that I'm coaching, which I'm not really coaching them. I'm sort of like, just, again, it's not a mentorship. I'm not certifying them. I'm just walking them through how some basic skill sets can apply and fit within the context of their coaching. Um, is they will be able to help their clients medically advocate and learn how their clients can ask for blood work. And that's a skill that they can take with them through the rest of their coaching experience, right? Through the rest of their career as coaches of, hey, I have a knowledge of how to get my clients to ask the right questions. And if they can't, then I'm able to order the lab work for their clients um, at a much lower cost than what somebody else is able to do. And again, I, I like to pass on that savings and that resource to my clients for their clients because I understand how valuable it is. It's the same reason that like even now when I have a new client coming into my roster, we get a comprehensive lab immediately. I don't waste time. As soon as their coaching agreement is signed and their first month is paid, I'm ordering their labs because I don't want to waste time. I can use their biofeedback to give me an idea of what's going on, but there's also so many things that like can overlap. And the last thing that I want to do is waste time on getting somebody results when I already know it's going to be a long enough road. (laughs) Like, I already know that for a lot of these people, it's going to take 9 to 12 months to get to a point where they're feeling, okay. I'm good. Okay, I'm good. And again, why does it take that long? Because they spent years getting to a point of dysfunction. And they may or may not have the capacity to, to change things at a certain rate. And their adherence matters if somebody's only adherent 60 to 70% of the time, they're going to see progress at a much slower rate than somebody who's adherent 80 to 90% of the time or 95% of the time. And that will also alter the timeline of how quickly somebody's going to see results at the end of the day, you're a coach, you can provide the mindset coaching, you can provide the skills, you can provide the the roadmap, but at the end of the day, your clients are the ones that have to implement the behaviors within their own life. And again, that's why it's so important to understand Hmm, why is it my client's scale budging, even though we're in a calorie deficit and they're lifting five days a week, but you haven't asked them how they're sleeping. You haven't asked them how their digestion is. You haven't asked them if they're having energy crashes during the day. You haven't talked to them about how much caffeine they've consumed. You haven't talked to them about what their stress levels are outside of work. So you don't know what these other implications are, and you're missing a big piece of the puzzle moving forward. So Things to consider. You have the option of consuming as much free or low, you know, inexpensive content as much as possible. You have the opportunity to look into hiring a mentor who is maybe doing something that you want to do in the space and they're doing something with their clients that you want to learn how to do, working with a mentor. Um, or you can go into a certification program. So there's sort of three layers to it. And I guess I could have like started off with that. I'll admit that this podcast has been sort of like a roundabout way. Uh, the ADHD is raging today, my friends. So I apologize for the, and I have an outline too. Like I have an outline in front of me, but I've just been going off of on tangents anyway. So that's what's happening. And those are the things that I would consider when you're considering going into functional one, do you want to live here? Do you want to either learn the skills to, bring those individuals that are walking through your door that have these high level issues every single time walks someone walks through your door they have a high level issue with their digestion or their hormones two um or do you want to just learn to have a basic skill set but you don't really want to brand yourself as a functional hormone or gut health person Three, do you want to learn, but you don't necessarily want to have to go the route with certification. You just want to gain more knowledge and basic skills for how to do these things. So just things to consider. Uh, If you do have any questions, um, if your coach is listening to this and you feel like, oh, this was really interesting, you have a question about something that I mentioned in here, uh, feel free to DM me. My DMs are always open. Uh, if you're listening to this, you probably follow me already. So (laughs) slide into those DMs. I'm an open book. I hope you guys have a wonderful day and I'll talk with you soon. Bye.